Hi, this is Jerry Reynolds for Sacramento Electronic Supply, who has been servicing the Sacramento area's industrial electronic needs for over 75 years. Family owned and operated, Sacramento Electronics is a registered California small business that prides themselves on their customer service. Their showroom and warehouse are open to the public to browse. Whether you're looking for wire and cable, tools and testers, connectors or relays, Sacramento Electronics is open for you Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., directly south of Costco in Rancho Cordova. Or, hey, visit them online 24-7 at www.sacelec.com and do it. Oh, another rebound in a crowd by the Brock Ness Monster. Ooh, that would be Pedro Who? Jim Bob Foley? Holy moly. How about the Tasmanian Slovenian with the stop, drop, and pop? Tiffany Hop from the King's Herald Barbershop. You're listening to a special post-trade deadline bonus episode of the King's Herald Show, where Jerry, Tony, and I discuss the flurry of trades from across the league since way back when on Tuesday night, answering some of your pressing questions for those who asked and giving you some way too soon impressions of what it all means. We're going to jump right into this. So guys, we got all excited. We scheduled two episodes this week to talk about everything that would, could, or should have happened. And it turned out Money McNair and company stayed pat. Um, I guess first off, are you guys surprised that the Kings made no moves at all today? I, I'm a little bit surprised with all, you know, things kind of around the edges, whether it's uh you know, a Mo Bamba or Thibel or Plumley. I mean, I, I kind of thought, uh, you know, there was a chance. I'm not terribly disappointed. I mean, if, if you can't improve yourself, there's no reason to make a move just to make a move. Tony, what about you? Yeah, I wasn't surprised that Monty McNair didn't make a huge splash, but I was pretty surprised with the amount of role players that seemed to uh, get traded over the last I don't know, eight hours, a lot of them for second round picks of which the Kings also have many. I was surprised that Monty McNair didn't pick up somebody, but I guess that's what we're going to talk about today. Since, since I didn't make that, that trade, we thought we would be talking about. Jerry, do you feel like this is more confidence in the team that Monty McNair's put together? Or do you feel like it's just uh, something he didn't have a deal that he liked, or maybe uh, something like the Kevin Durant deal kind of changed the landscape of what was going on. And suddenly the, 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 the deal he might've had waiting in the wing suddenly, uh, vanished before his very eyes well i you know i think he's got to be happy with the team i mean you know not counting last night's game against the rockets <laughs> uh, on a uh, all-time miracle finish but uh you know you gotta like your team where you are certainly uh but I, i'd have to say it's just a case where I, I i'm sure he kicked the tires on some things and uh you know i, I i'm confident he's aware of what were the the flaws in this team are and the weaknesses, but uh, it doesn't mean you can necessarily improve them. And, and maybe the trade pieces that he was willing to give up and I just simply weren't of the same value that he had hoped they would be. I mean, you know, that's the thing about trading. You got to have actually somebody that will trade with you. We, uh, we, we talked about a a number of players uh, the other night and I want to just list them real quick and list where they went for posterity's sake. Uh, 
And uh, then I kind of want to see where you guys think uh, if, if you guys were surprised by what the return was on them or you were surprised where they went. Uh, for example, like uh, Jared Vanderbilt, who we were all very high on, uh, Utah jazzed him to the Lakers. Mason Plumley went from the Hornets to the Clippers. Uh, Thibel from the 76ers went to the Blazers. Uh, Darius Baisley, Tony, who you asked about, also on the Clippers. Mo Bamba, who uh, we have held a candle for for quite a while, Jerry, wound up <laughs> – Whatever the worst possible spot on earth uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Josh Hart went to the Knicks. Uh, Nas Reed uh, surprisingly stayed with the Wolves. And to uh, Tim's uh, to Tim's chagrin, Dwayne Dedman was cut by the Spurs and is now free to lurk in the minds of Tim until he gets picked up somewhere. <laughs> are you guys uh, are you guys uh, surprised by any of those deals or how little it took to get some of those guys? I I was a little bit, yeah. I mean, I think there's you know certainly you know, Vanderbilt and Beasley and uh, getting to the Lakers. I thought, uh, you know, those are pretty good players. And, uh, you know, basically uh, Bamba, I mean, he'd been, a, you know, kind of a rental look-see. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's a chance he might really help the Lakers, as we thought there was a chance he might, and keywords might, you know, help <laughs> the Kings. And, uh, you know, but that's the way of a lot of them I, like I say, I, I liked, uh, you know, obviously I like, kind of like what Portland did. I mean, I think they're, you know, they got a chance to be better. Is it good enough? Probably not. But uh, but I, I guess just one thing I'd say is clearly the uh, the West got better. Yes. The West got a lot better. And so so I'm not happy about that. No, not at all. Tony, was there a, is there a particular favorite of yours that, uh, that went somewhere that you absolutely hated? There were several trades that I thought the Kings could have kind of gotten themselves in on, but I, I did this exercise too, Will, where I looked at the guys we talked about and what they went for. And I guess I should say up front that Sam Amick did report that the Kings were interested in Jared Vanderbilt before the Lakers trade, but I, I can't blame Monty McNair for not landing that one. That was part of a much bigger trade that the Kings probably couldn't have wiggled their way into. The Thibel trade... The 76ers got Jalen McDaniels, who was better than anyone the Kings realistically could have given up in that trade. Uh, even Plum Lee, uh, the cost was only um, what do I have written down? Reggie here? Jackson and well, yeah, it was it was uh, one second round pick, but it was Reggie Jackson who is an expiring contract. The Kings really don't have an expiring contract at Plum Lee's number to match up. It'd have to be Rashawn Holmes, where I don't blame the Hornets for not wanting that contract or you're combining Len and Davis and and uh, uh, several other players to reach his number. And I don't necessarily blame McNair for gutting Mike Brown's depth to bring in a backup center either. So while there are several trades here that I think they could, the Kings could have get in, got into, especially Mobamba. Mobamba went for one second round pick. McNair could have beat that pretty, pretty easily, I think. Same with Mike Muscala, who went for two second round picks. So some moves where I think McNair could have had a play for, and then a lot of others that we talked about where uh, even the, his best assets, I don't think could have gotten that one, done, those ones done for the Kings. Well, you know, the other thing too, it's kind of like the uh, Charlotte, San Antonio kind of things, you know, with the Rashawn Holmes, that's the last thing they want is take on contracts yeah. because they're, they're, they're clearly now you've got the four teams are situated for the uh, death march to uh, the, the lottery. <laughs> Uh, and and the Wimbanyana lottery is uh, they're they're there, and so each of them are preparing for to win that lottery. <laughs> Jerry, if that's if they're if that's dying, they're dying and going to heaven. Well, if it, it it'll work great for one of them, sure. 
there were two trades that I want to hear you guys talk about because they're they're moves that McNair could have made, but they were kind of crazy trades that I've never seen before. So uh, Sadiq Bay going for five second round picks and then also Gary Payton Jr. going for five second round picks. Uh, I don't know, Jerry, would you trade? I know second round picks are not that valuable, but five of them is just a I've never seen that before. Well, I haven't either, and I thought I'd heard of just about everything, but that uh, or second round picks. I mean, it was like playing with uh, uh, Monopoly money. Uh, yeah. You know, everybody just throwing dozens of picks, and I don't know what you would do with all of them. I mean, you you know, sell them, throw them in other trades. But anyway, yeah, that's uh, that, it's strange. I mean, I Sadiq Bay. Uh, you know, I think he's a good young player. Uh, I, and I, I like, you know, Gary Payton III, I understand the Warriors pro- probably have missed him. Uh, in some ways, you know, it's one of those things that's, you know, you had him and you couldn't pay him. Now you're going to pay him because he's under contract. And, uh, but I I get it because he's, a, he's something they've missed. That was a weird one too, Jerry, because they, they basically, the Warriors basically gave up James Wiseman and there was a lot of reporting on like how much James Wiseman was going to cost the Warriors over the next couple of years. And it turned out to be like, because of the repeater luxury tax, it was going to be like $120 million in, in repeater luxury tax because James Wiseman was just sitting there on the roster, taking up space. I, I guess I would rather have Gary Payton second than, than all that money. But that was such a weird, like, do you think it was too soon to give up on James, James Wiseman in terms of like, giving up a, a guy who was the what the second overall pick uh for uh, uh, well for for what was five second you know basically what ended up being Gary but to, second yeah i mean probably is too soon and yet i understand it because just sure. what you said i mean there's a point where uh they're thinking about this year and and gary payton the you know actually makes them better than wisman wiseman does sure. and uh and then when you think in terms of the luxury tax thing, there's a point where I don't care how rich you are, you, you've got to, uh, you've got to deal with that, especially when he hasn't proven that he can play, uh, you know, all that said, sure. It, you know, for a reasonable price, you know, the guy may turn into a real player eventually, uh, you know, much like Kings fans were hoping with Marvin Bagley. I was just reading some of the King Harold's uh, comments on what on some of that kind of stuff. And I think one guy had said something about, uh, well, it looks like Detroit's trying to to uh, main or get all the uh, top five picks in the last several years that aren't very good. And so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and bold, so strategy. We'll, bold strategy. In another universe somewhere, Marvin Bagley the third and James Wiseman are going to win you a championship. It's not in this universe, but it's in some other universe. Detroit was kind of a weird one too because they have—I mean, they—they they have Isaiah Stewart there, who's who's a who's a good young player at center. Jalen Duran, who is a fantastic young center, it was one of those things that, like, I feel like they didn't really need another project big guy, and yet not only are they going to have one, but they there's already reports that oh, they're going to start James Wiseman the rest of the season, and it's like okay, if you're tank commanding, that's perfect. Yeah, throw that guy out there and give him 36 minutes a game to just flop around and do whatever he does. But that, well, that, that shocked me. Well, I'm just hoping then, uh, you know, that that's where Wimbanyana goes. So <laughs> they can add, they can add one more and he's in the East. So, <laughs> so let's, uh let's roll through some of these, uh some of the trades here that, that we, we saw in the Pacific division, because 
the Pacific Division was already the uh, the toughest in in the Western Conference in my mind, and every single team did something to make themselves better uh, at the trade deadline here, save for the Kings. Uh, so the the obvious one for me was the Suns, who traded uh, Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson uh, for for basically Kevin Durant and T.J. Warren. What did you guys think of the deal that that brought a uh, KD and T.J. Warren to a uh, to, to Phoenix? Well, for me, I mean, it, it makes them a championship contender if Kevin Durant can get healthy and stay healthy. Uh, T.J. Warren's a nice throw-in because he, of course, played there in the past, but he's, you know, he's still not 100%, but he can score. So they got somebody they can use in that deal. And then, of course, you know, with Booker and Chris Paul, Aiton and Durant, uh, you know, good grief. Uh, that, that's a serious contender. Yes, I would be terrified to play them in the first round if if the matchups work out that way for the Kings. And uh, honestly, kind of a home run trade to me if you're Phoenix. They needed to do something, and they did a better, a better thing than anyone else did, in my opinion, in getting what it might be, I don't know, the second best player in the league in Kevin Durant. Again, if he can stay healthy, but that is the Phoenix problem anyways because they also have Chris Paul, who's almost never healthy. So there's there's a lot of what-ifs there, but that's a that's a good move for them. Yeah, too. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where Mikhail Bridges is terrific and probably every team in the league would like to get him. But, uh, you know, you got to give up something good to to get something very good, which they did. But, uh, you know, and he's been a durable guy. That's kind of been forgotten, too. I mean, he he's he trots out there every night. And uh, so there's some risks involved with with Phoenix. And and certainly on paper, they won because they got the best player in the trade. But uh, on as we all know, on paper, uh, doesn't necessarily show up on the court. Uh, I'm curious, Jerry. Uh, what do you think about the championship window? It can't be more than three years, right? With with Chris Paul's age up there, with Kevin Durant's injury history, do you feel like they have more than three years that they can vie for a championship? I wouldn't think so. And I and my guess is, like most teams, if you got a chance to win a championship, go for it. Uh, you know, is uh, it's too hard to get, and so they're, you know, they had the best record in the league uh, last year, and and didn't make it to the Western Finals because of you know Dallas and and Luca beat them, but uh, so so yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, I think they they're a championship contender, and and as you pointed out, maybe three years, and that, that but uh, why not? <laughs> yeah. I'm, cu- I'm curious what you guys think of the other side of the coin on this one what, what do you how do you feel like the nets have done in terms of like just blowing up their roster that was at one point the 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 first seed in the eastern conference and now kind of just intermixed with all these different weird pieces between a between a tank and a hard place here with some vets and some younger guys what how do you think they've they've done in terms of recuperating some value with Kyrie and kd gone well you know the uh super team as they were right uh, you know, it sounds kind of strange, but I think the worst move they made was trading Harden for Ben Simmons. Now the way it looks, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the other two guys—they've come out okay. I, I yeah. you, you know, uh, certainly getting Bridges. Uh, you know, I think both Dallas players will help them a little bit. Uh, you know, it's—it's it's a total going to be a redo there, but. Uh, you know, at some point it wasn't working. I mean, it's a shame it wasn't because it was working until Kyrie decided he didn't want it to work. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, they they still, I mean, with Durant coming back, they they could have made it real scary in the East, I think, with some of the 
people they had, but you know, uh, Hey, beware Dallas. I mean, you're getting a heck of a player. And if he fits in with Luca, you're going to be better. And, and so, like I say, Mark, I think sign him to four year, 200 million right now. Don't take a chance. <laughs> Tony, what do you think? Uh, I thought Brooklyn did pretty good. I'm, I guess I was mo- mostly surprised that they didn't do more with how many teams in the league are looking for big wings. Now this team that doesn't really have any championship hopes this season has Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal and Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges. Those are valuable players to a lot of contending teams around the league. So they did a great job getting the best they could out of KD and, and Kyrie, I think. But it's I, I was surprised they didn't make more moves for some of the rest of their role guys to really tank down the standings. And then, again, just collect more assets because uh, those valuable wings, I mean, the Kings could have used any one of those guys. So um, just surprised they didn't do a little bit more to tear it down, but it's a good start. You know, too, uh, I think on that point, it, they may have felt it'd be hard to, you know, totally get out of the play uh, play in or yeah. all that. And so they've, but as you correctly pointed out, they've got a lot of assets. So when you go into the summer, they've got a, maybe a chance to kind of turn that around a little quicker because of that. And, and I, I can't speak for them, but I would have thought that's what you'd want to do is, is take your time in the summer and then and then really redo it because you're really talking about 25 games left here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think sometimes we forget that, if, you know, because we always think in terms of trading oh, halfway through. No, no, you're you're almost two thirds of the way through. OK, so we're going to roll over to uh, the Clippers now. The Clippers, uh, they got rid of Reggie Jackson, got rid of Luke Kennard, got rid of John Wall. Uh, they picked up Bones Highland from from the Nuggets. They picked up Eric Gordon from the Rockets, who a hey, Eric Gordon, shout out to you for helping the Kings. uh Pull one out last night. The last thing you ever did as a Rocket was help the Kings win, and I appreciate that, bud. And there's also some well, rumors sure, of maybe he sure did, didn't he? Yeah, 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 oh, he, he did, sure Jerry. Did. <laughs> so I'm curious, what what did you guys think? The Clippers, I, I don't know if they improved, or I'm 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 kind of staring at this team and wondering if they improved or if they just got weirder. And and I'm curious what you guys think of how how the Clippers did this uh this uh this trade deadline. Well, I, I think they got better. Uh, you know, I think everything they're doing is just to try to f- make sure Kwai and Paul George, their games fit. And, uh, you know, you'd say, well, boy, they don't have a true point guard. Well, I don't think they want one. I think a lot of the ball handling is going to be done by those two guys. And certainly they're capable. They've proven that. Uh, you know, getting Plumley behind uh, Zubats, I, mm-hmm. I think that was a real good move. And, and that gives them – you know, as, as they advance in the playoffs, which they think they can, say you're going to get Jokic, you got you got two guys to try to deal with him as best you can, 12 fouls, the whole bit. So uh, getting rid of Wall and, uh, you know, I, I don't think that's a I, – I, sadly, I think he, he's just not the same guy. And I'd heard from uh, kind of reliable sources that he kind of thought he was still John Wall. and 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 they just don't need that there right now (laughs) yeah the clippers they got better but their story hasn't really changed where it's you know they'll go as far as Kawhi and paul george can stay healthy but if they do stay healthy they probably raise their ceiling a bit you know i wouldn't call them a a, a, you know one of the top tier contenders but if they snuck into the finals that wouldn't shock me either so if they're healthy they'll they'll be dangerous I'm curious what you guys think about the possible addition of uh, Russell Westbrook to this, to that, uh, to that core of guys, Kawhi and Paul George. Good luck. If, if I were them, I wouldn't do it. 
uh, you know, because he just can't shoot well enough. He needs the ball. Paul George needs the ball. Kawhi Leonard needs the ball. Uh, you know, it'd be a little a different version of what they had with the Lakers. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I, I can't, you know, they can do what they want, but I, it, to me, it makes no sense at all. All right. This is the one I, uh, this is the one I was dreading talking about, but it's, it's time we talk about them. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, I feel like, had one of the, the best trade deadlines in the entire league. Uh, they wound up uh, at the end of the day with uh, D'Angelo Russell as their new starting point guard. They wound up with uh, Jared Vanderbilt, who we all gushed over, Malik Beasley, who is a fantastic shooter. They wound up with uh, Mo Bamba. They wound up with Davin Reed. And they got rid of some 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 chaff there. Uh, Russell Westbrook is gone. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson is gone. Damian Jones is gone. Thomas Bryant is gone. Uh, Patrick Beverly is gone. And all it took was a top four protected 2027 20, pick and, and a few seconds. Guys, try not to gush about the Lakers, but go ahead and, and accurately assess how you feel like the Lakers did here in the, at the trade deadline. Well, I, I'm sick about it. They they got better. They they really did get better. And uh, in, in two ways of what they got rid of and what they added. Yeah. You know, I mean, Beverly and, and Westbrook were negatives on that team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to me, they filled a lot of their problems. It's even uh, D'Angelo Russell, who I'm not a big fan of, but he could shoot. Yeah. Well, uh, he's not going to be running a point per se when it counts. I mean, that's going to be LeBron. Yep. And so he's going to get an awful lot of open shots. And uh, and certainly he can make some plays, or, and you know, if LeBron's off the floor. But, yeah, sadly, I, I think, uh, you know, I just hope they're far enough back that they can't screw things up from a King's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And they also got uh, Rui Hachimura, what, two weeks before this. So, yeah. I mean, they did yeah. a good job just flipping that entire – I don't know if I've seen this before. A, a team that – wants to be a contender just flipping their entire roster besides two players in like two weeks. It's uh, I mean, a great job by their front office. It sucks. The one move they made that I didn't like, although they did get Mo Bamba is Thomas Bryant for two second round picks. I kind of like Thomas Bryant. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're looking at backup centers that the Kings could have used, I would have absolutely yes. loved Thomas Bryant for two second round picks. I'd give up two second rounds for him in a second. And, and that's going to be a good move for Denver. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he he really that guy can really shoot. Now you know he's not that good defensively, but but he's a a five that can give you some decent minutes or probably even spread the floor a little bit. Uh, Yeah, I was really surprised with that, Tony. I'm with you there. Uh, Geez, I would have thought you know the you know if if all you're going to get is two seconds for him, keep him. Yeah, it's one of the things I I think D'Angelo Russell, too, is going to Jerry, you kind of mentioned him a little bit. He's not Kyrie Irving, but he is kind of like Sam's Club Kyrie Irving, where it's like if, if you really wanted Kyrie Irving on your team and you couldn't get him, it's like mm-hmm. uh, this is the next best thing. This is the this is the value brand Kyrie Irving, and he's going to make a big difference there being back in L.A. Um, Mo Bombo is another one of those guys that I feel like him and Anthony Davis is going to be weird, but in a good way, I feel like. That provide both of those guys can shoot a bit. Both of those guys are are lanky and long and can block shots. It, I'm I hate it. I'm I'm pissed about it. Yeah, I think Bamba can. I really be surprised if he can't give him 10, 15 minutes of uh, you know behind or even some with. Yeah. Uh, 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 so you know it's it's a it it'll be an interesting fit. They've got a lot of guys to fit in there, but uh, you know I think with Davis uh, he wants he doesn't want to play center all the time, so that maybe gives him a chance to 
step out and miss three-point shots. <laughs> well, you could even go small and have Hachimura at power forward and, and Jared Vanderbilt run some run, run some of that five there. Mm-hmm. And that's a really dynamic, really interesting defensive group as well. I'm shaking my head. I hate it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. No, no. <laughs> we'll, we'll go on to the Warriors here. Uh, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit before, but uh, basically they gave up uh, James Wiseman for five picks, uh, five second round picks, which wound up getting them uh, Gary Payton. And they saved a bunch of money in the repeater luxury tax. How much better does Gary Payton make this team? And and do you feel like they, they have enough left in the tank with Steph if he gets healthy? To, to make a run in the playoffs. Well, Steph gets healthy. That's the key. And he makes them better. And I think they can move up in the playoff spots. I, I don't know that, you know, they, they've just been so up and down. Uh, I, I really kind of think that the Gary Payton thing, and certainly he was good for him last year, but I think they were, were counting on Andre Iguodala being able to give them something down the stretch of the season. And, and maybe they've decided, well, that's just not going to happen. We have to, we need that that defender, and and certainly, uh, you know, Peyton had something that, that quite clearly they didn't have, and so I think it makes them better. But but whether they can be, get back to a championship caliber team, I see no reason to believe that. Yeah, Gary Payton will help them, I guess. From the Kings' perspective, though, I already feared the Warriors. Maybe they're not a championship contender, but if you're the Kings, a first-time playoff team. And you have to face a team like the Warriors in the first round, Gary Payton or no Gary Payton. I am I'm not feeling too great mm-hmm. about that matchup. That's just a the experience gap there could not be wider. So I, I was afraid of the Warriors before this, again, from a King's perspective, and I'm still afraid of them now. Well, let me just clarify too what I said. I don't think there will be a serious championship contender, just like I said last year. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh so uh, I guess I guess we'll uh, we'll round this out, and I'll ask you guys. Uh, this could be league wide too. Who you feel like uh, the real winners and losers at the deadline are? This could be player specific. This could be team specific. However, you guys want to do it. Who do you feel like the biggest winners and losers at, at the trade deadline were? Well, for me, I kind of just I'm going to gag on it, but I think the Lakers probably were one of the big ones. I think on a on a small scale, I, I like what the Bucks did. I think Jay Crowder fits will help them a little bit and they don't need a lot of help. You know, it's one of those things. And I think sometimes, you know, you don't have to get too tricky with it. Uh, you know, I like, uh, I here again, a minor move, but I think one that'll really help a really good team is the Denver getting Bryant. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think sometimes it's that. And of course you cannot deny the Suns, uh, but there's so many more ifs there uh, because of the health too. Durant, but everybody's assuming uh, that he's going to be healthy uh, after the all-star break and then not miss any games and lead him to the promised land, which he's capable. But uh, I always caution people. He, if you look at how many games he's played in the last three years, uh, it wouldn't be something that just uh, warm your, warm your heart. For me, it's it's hard not to call the Lakers the winners. And then uh, my counter to that is every team that traded to them are the losers. I'm looking at you, Utah and Orlando and, and Minnesota. Else, Minnesota, any of you losers that helped the Lakers get this much better over the last two weeks, that's that's on you. I, I, I used to like Danny Ainge. Now I'm mad at him. <laughs> yeah, you know? seriously. I, I just I can't understand it because he's always hated the Lakers. I know that. <laughs> 
<laughs> and now, now maybe he knows more about what he sent there than we do. You know, I mean, I don't know. But uh, Danny, Danny, we're going to have to have a little chat here pretty soon. <laughs> I'm hoping Jared Vanderbilt is secretly just a scarecrow, just stuffed with like pillow stuffing or something like that. Yeah. He didn't know it till just now. Um, I I kind of feel like uh the the biggest losers the biggest loser in my mind was John Wall. John Wall kind of came into the season with the Clippers like oh like John can can John Wall be a resurgent point guard? He doesn't have to be John Wall. He just has to be good. And I don't I don't know if it was fortuitous if, or if this was a a middle finger to John Wall but he wound up back in a situation with the Rockets where like, it felt like the biggest like F you that you could possibly send to John wall is that at the end of the day, you sent him back to the team that he sat for a whole season for, and then all off season called him trash, called the organization garbage said his experience there was worse than trash. And he wound up there at the end of the day. I kind of went shit. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, John, but, but you did something to piss somebody off and you're right back where you started. Well, you know, I say I've, I've got to, some sources there and and uh that had been kind of creeping up what i'd heard is that you know that john really got to thinking he was john wall again and and you know how happy he was to get the opportunity to play and then within a time frame it was well you know i don't i need to be playing more and 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 you know i'm a star too and and i for right or wrong they decided none of that was true and so 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 yeah, I, I don't know, but it sounded like he kind of he kind of wet the bed there. Yeah. The only other one I could think of that was real weird to me was the Raptors, who traded for Jakob Pertle, who seems like a win now player, and gave up a 2024 first round pick that was protected one through six. I know the Raptors are kind of in the, in between that spot where are they tanking? Are they going for the playoffs? And and getting hurdle seems like a move that you would okay we're, we're rolling towards the playoffs but they could be in the top six worst teams next year if they if somebody goes you know if, if van vliet asks out or some of these players demand out all of a sudden they could be one of the top six worst teams that was a weird one to me i didn't know what the hell was going on there uh, you, yeah me too now you know of course purple that's where he started sure. you know they drafted him and he's a good player and, and certainly fits a need to some degree yeah but the only thing I can think is that they and, and you know the East, there's room, there's room to move up. Sure. Uh, you know, and they've got the fact they didn't move out of Nobi or Siakam or Van Vliet or anybody, I'd have to think, you know, uh that that's what they're thinking, that uh we can make a little push here and and get into the playoff picture. And then they're like a lot of teams, they think, well, if we get into it, there's nobody that scares us too much and not. You know, I mean, Boston is the best, but uh, you know, you're not, you know, you're not talking the Showtime Lakers or the, you know, great Celtic teams of the past either. I mean, I think it's so. That's the only thing I can figure because it, it. Uh, I just assumed they'd move one of their key, key guys. You know. So, so we had a question in the chain mail that uh, I wanted to ask last episode, but it it it's still relevant today seeing as how the trade deadline has passed. So I'm going to ask it here. Um, Jay Walker, 1395 asked, he says, been waiting for this first, a disclaimer, uh, based on philosophy, based on his philosophy, I feel you need at least two of the top 15 players in the league in order to compete for a title. Domas in, in Jay Walker's mind is one of those guys, but he doesn't believe that Fox is. And he says, I know others have argued that we should get a third guy to support Fox and Domas, but I think elite talent is the most important thing. In which case, why not flip Fox for a top guy at this deadline? 
Who then? Well, looking around, the only other top 15 guy who seemed gettable and fits the team needs was Pascal Siakam. Why wouldn't you trade Fox for Siakam at this deadline? Well, there'd be a couple of reasons, I suppose. And I mean, I I, I agree with his general premise here, by the way. I think you need probably two of the top 15 guys on your team if you're you're going to be a championship contender. Now, the Kings aren't a championship contender at this point. Uh, and, and whether Fox and Domas can both be in that category, if not today, someday, I'd say, you know, it, it's possible. I, I don't have either one. I'm quite there yet uh, myself as much as I'd love to, to do that. Uh, but, uh, but I guess the other point would be when you're, if you're Toronto, and you've got Van Vliet, and you've got uh, uh, Gary Trent Jr. I mean, you've got uh, that certainly Fox, I think, is better than either one of them, but not a tremendous amount better than Van Vliet. And how does that make you better losing your best player, <laughs> who's a frontline player? So, I mean, I, I, I guess my question would be, I don't see any reason why, why Toronto would do that. Uh, now, you know, if and if I were the Kings, I'm not sure that even I would. As good as Siakam is, I I'm I might uh, go for uh, Scotty and uh, you know, you know, go for the the young versatile position guy. So if you're going to give up a top guy like Fox, I, I think to get the last year's Rookie of the Year uh, that can play a lot of positions and you know might be the next Scotty Pippen uh, type, and so. Now, would would they do that? There again, it, if they're smart, they wouldn't. <laughs> at, le- <laughs> at least uh, for a while. So, uh, yeah, to to, but it's a it's a fair question, and you know, I guess as a if you want to be an optimistic Kings fan, which I am, and some are, uh, you're you want to hope that because this isn't the year, you want to hope that uh, both both of those players improve. You know, and they're both young enough, both young enough to take another little step or two, or at least even a half step. And then they're they're knocking on the door of that good. And, and then then the other the other way you win a championship is find a third guy that maybe is a top twenty five or thirty. I mean, you you might make up for it that way. You know, the the old Detroit Pistons of two thousand four uh, are an example of that. They they probably didn't have anybody in the top. 10 or 15, but they had about four guys in the top 22 (laughs) (laughs) and a great coach. And so, so anyway, that makes it complicated, but, but I, if I'm money, I probably are thinking more along those lines, try to find that, that third guy that could, could be really special close to the same level of player. Tony, what about you? If you're going to use this two top 15 player, um, map as like your guide to a finals that's fine like i think that's a legitimate way to view how you win in this league but you've got to shoot way higher to me than pascal siakam if you're going to trade De'Aaron fox and i like siakam but i'm not sure that there is a, a huge difference between those two players i mean they're they were both kind of fringe all-star candidates fox is younger he's under contract for way longer siakam only has one year left on his deal Fox, you have locked up for a long time. Fox is younger and still getting better. He made another leap this year. So I'm not convinced Siakam is better. And if you are trading Fox and you are using this two top 15 guys as your as your roadmap, 
then why not go all in? Why not package Fox and Keegan or whoever else you need and get someone who actually is for sure an upgrade? Like if you told me you're going to go after Kevin Durant and you're going to put everything, all your chips in the Kevin Durant basket to end up with Durant and Sabonis, then I'm like, all right, yeah, that's a, that's a, those are two players that can get you in that title conversation for sure. I'm not sure Siakam for Fox gets this team any closer than they are right now. I agree with you both. Sacramento Electric Supply now has stock on fiber and fiber accessories from TexLogix. From bulk fiber cable to splicing kits to connectors, Sacramento Electronics is now your home for your fiber cabling needs. Stop on by their location directly south of Costco in Rancho Cordova, Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Or visit them online 24-7, www.sacelect.com. So, now since we're technically listening to a Patreon-exclusive King's Herald bonus episode, it's time for the great Jerry Reynolds to answer any other questions you all have about the NBA, the Sacramento Kings, and just about anything else we can throw his way. Tony and Jerry, now it's your time. Take it away. Thanks, Will. So, uh, uh, as Will mentioned, we record one Patreon-exclusive episode of this podcast each month where we ask Jerry all the leftover questions that don't get asked on the main show here. But because we it's trade deadline week, we wanted to record two shows to let everyone listen to. We thought there'd be a lot of King's news. There was not. But we still have some Patreon questions that we're going to run through today to give you a little preview of what you're, I guess, missing on the on the Patreon once a month. Uh, this first question comes from Sid. And Sid asks, he saw someone say that maybe other teams just didn't want to trade with Sacramento. If so, why would that be? And how many wins do you think we need to get a top six seed? So, Jerry, do you think there was any particular reason why teams wouldn't want to trade with the Kings? There's there's only one, that it wouldn't be to their advantage, yeah. uh, you know, to where they feel like they could get a fair deal. So, no, I, I've never – I used to hear that kind of thing. You know, you can't trade with Don Nelson or you can't trade with this guy. But you can trade with anybody if you if it's a deal they want to do. And I, I so I, I don't know. I, I think it's a case where really Amani couldn't get a deal that he liked. And the and the deals that he liked, the the other GMs uh, didn't didn't like it from their end. That's all. Uh, that's uh, that's it in a nutshell. But any GM will deal with any other GM if they think it can benefit them. Will, do you have a uh, a take on teams not trading with the Kings, and then uh, do you have a, a win target to secure a top six seed if you're if you're the Kings? I mean, like the only the only reason you're not trading with another team is if like the guy hit on your wife at the GM get together or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like that's the only thing. Like like I, I'm and I'm sure I'm sure that happens. But like it's one of those like no that like that's hey, hey Will Will that yeah. wouldn't stop him. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sweetheart, uh, we, I can package you into a deal real quick. <laughs> yeah. Pascal yeah. Siakam is available. It's gonna, it's gonna save us a first round pick. We need you to go over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, there. I mean, it, I don't think Monty McNair is the type of person that you're freezing Monty McNair out of trades because he's an asshole or because he's demanding too much. He everything we've heard from him is that he's a reasonable guy. Who, I mean, he's famous in Houston for thinking of trades on the other side of the coin to try to make them fair for both sides. I, I think it was just a matter of what Monty was willing to give up versus what Monty wanted. 
and things just didn't fall into place. I mean, prior to the Sabonis Halliburton trade, we had a couple of deadlines for Monty that were kind of like this, where we were hyped up to like, oh, I mean, I can speak particularly about Harrison Barnes. Harrison mm-hmm. Barnes was going to to Boston, or Harrison Barnes was going here and there. And I'm like, all right, let's go. The tank is starting. And then at the end of the deadline, everything stayed pat. You know, there was a couple of little, little wonky little moves here and there, but it was disappointing those two years prior to Sabonis. I think this is just who McNair is. I think he's just one of those guys that he's going to wait until the perfect deal shows up and then he'll, he'll strike, but he's not going to do too much before that. I think that's fine. Um, in terms of the win totals, I think it's going to take 46, 48 wins to get to, to the six seed. I mean, that's, that seems to be what it usually is right around there. Uh, whether the Kings can get there, Lord only knows, but I think it, I think it'll take at least above 45 wins, probably closer to, to 50 than 45 in order to get, to get that succeed. Yeah. I thought that 46 was kind of my, my number on that, because like you say, generally that's, that's yeah. enough. And, uh, but you know, it's, and it's certainly going to be tough to get there, but, uh, but it'll be tough to, for everybody in the West yeah. now it just got tougher. So yeah. Yeah. You know, but you know, on your part of t- trades, yeah, I don't think they're, you know, people deal with the devil if it's a deal that can <laughs> yeah. help them. Yeah. Look at the Lakers you know, just did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on. If it helped them get a win. Yeah. Rob Polinka sold his soul for Jared Vanderbilt. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Next question comes from Patrick Gill. Similar, similar lines, but a different take on what the Kings didn't do at the deadline. Uh, Patrick asks, do we think the Kings didn't make any moves due to a lack of assets or lack of targets that actually move the needle or some combination of both part two to this question. What realistic shot do we have to win a playoff series in the new look West? Well, I'll, I'll go backwards. I guess what shot do we have to win a playoff series? in The new look West. I, it's tougher. Yeah. It's not, I think, you know, you know, barring major injuries, you know, you always have to look at it in terms of teams are healthy with the best players playing. So, yeah, it got tougher. Uh, now, you probably have to repeat the first part of that question because my yeah. memory is what it is. <laughs> uh, Patrick asked, do you think we didn't make any moves due to a lack of assets or lack of targets that actually move the needle? That's great. Great point. And I think both. You know, I, I think if you're Monty McNair, McNair he, he likes his team. They've certainly overachieved from what everybody originally thought. Uh, and so he doesn't want to take a chance on messing up the cape. So he's looking for a deal, whether it's on the fringes or whatever, that would be a very little risk. And then on the other side is what assets do you have that other people want? And uh, I think, you know, or at least the guys that he'd want to trade. Yeah, if you want to trade probably Harrison Barnes, or if you're willing to trade Keegan Murray, or you're willing to trade Kevin Herter, there, there's probably takers out there. But uh, that's, I don't think he was thinking along those lines at all. Uh, you know, if you're if you're talking Alex Lynn or Rashawn, sadly with his contract now works against him probably. Uh, you know, even Matt too, uh, probably the, you know, most teams have those guys, <laughs> you, you know, I, I think that's as fans of one team, that's what, you, you know, every team kind of has those guys. <laughs> Will, to you, is this a, a an asset problem or a uh, not good targets available problem? Uh, I think Jerry's pretty right on that. I think if you want a needle mover, you have to give up a needle mover. 
uh, like ninety five percent of the time, unless unless you're somebody like Kyrie Irving, where you're just a complete asshat. And sometimes, like, I right, give us Spencer Dinwiddie, and Spencer Dinwiddie's still a really good player. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not nothing, but you know, I think it's just one of those things that the Kings. It, who are you going to give up this year to get somebody better? We we talked a lot about Barnes, but like, are you going to get somebody better than Barnes for Barnes? Are you gonna are you gonna risk Keegan Murray his rookie year? You know, like where are you where are you willing to go for this? And so I I think because they're they're overachieving in a lot of fans' minds, or I guess they were maybe until the deadline when they expected the Kings to be championship contenders, trading for championship pieces. Um, it's just one of those things. Like, what are you, what are you giving up? And I don't think it's enough to 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 destroy a bunch of chemistry, hoping that Michael Bridges is coming over and you know you, all of a sudden there's a report that comes out that the Kings want to trade Keegan Murray and a bunch of players for Michael Bridges, and then it doesn't work out. Where, where do you end up? I, I I just think it's a matter of this wasn't the right deadline for him. He's he's already playing with house money in terms of wins. If they wind up in the eighth seed, th- that's still better than most of us expected, and. He's got a he's got a, a a whole summer to figure it out. He's gonna have to he's gonna have to figure something out this summer, but that gives him more time. I, I just don't think it was a matter of they couldn't find the right spots at the right time, and so he passed on it. You know, I always think in terms to uh, you know just of the Rick Adelman era, you know, where quite honestly it was the third year of his eight year playoff run before they won a playoff series, and so you know it's it, the kind of forgotten. In the real world, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, they, yeah, well, the Kings were terrific for several years and probably should have been a championship team or deservedly so, but it, it was a work in progress. Okay. And, and that's what this team is now. And it's tough to get better, but, uh, you know, and, and there's risks involved. You know, there's, you trade good players to get good players, they, they grow to try to get, keep stability and chemistry as you're adding. You don't, you know, you don't want to take chances or you try to keep that going. And certainly Jeff and Rick were, were great at that. But but it was, I mean, just the reality of it. You know, the team got better each year for, for a period, but it was slow. And uh, you just don't go from 25 wins to competing for the championship. And, and you know, and ask LeBron when he was drafted by Cleveland uh, first year. <laughs> Yeah, I've read so many uh, Kings fans' reactions the last four hours. People are mad that Monty McNair didn't do anything. Some people are uh, satisfied with the progress they made so far, so they're they're cool with it. People are trusting Monty McNair. I think every position on this is pretty fair, and I kind of am on the fence a little bit myself because on one hand, yes, you know they weren't going to get an OG and a newbie or a or a Pascal Siakam or a big splash, but at the same time, a backup center for this team could could give them a, another win or two on certain nights and the west is so tight that that might be all that it takes like that might be a difference between a play-in series versus making the succeed that might be the difference between home court in the play-in game versus away in in the play-in circumstances so yes you know we talk about needle movers at the deadline all the time but some people can nudge the needle a little bit and that little bit can mean a lot and when guys like thomas bryant go for two second rounders and bama goes for a second rounder and muscala goes for two second rounders i think those guys could have helped and i guess we won't know how much 
getting that little needle nudge would impact the standings until the season is over. So that's my that's my way of kind of riding the fence and saying, yeah, I can kind of see why some people are upset and I will be too if it ends up hurting them. It's just hard to know right now if it's going to hurt them or not. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, because, you know, you just don't, right now, you just hope this team can hang in there, uh, you know, finish in the top six or, you know, if, and if they can, uh, that's great. And then you can build on that. And you've got time to do that. But uh, it may be by not making a move to kind of solidify yourself without giving up too much that uh, it, it doesn't happen that way. And then you then, then you're going to regret that now you're kind of behind again. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I will say this. I, I, I'm at the kind of the trust factor with with Monty. I. Uh, there, uh, I'm with you, Tony. A couple of things I wish he'd have done. It seemed like a low price. I, I certainly would have done that. Uh, I think if I could have got a Bryant or a Bamba for what what uh, they had to give up. But uh, you know, the guy's been pretty darn good, yep. and and I know you know. And so it's stability is important on the floor. It's also important off the floor. And so I think you just have to kind of you know get on this horse and ride it a while. See see if it. Uh, can stay upright i also think that tony to your point like so so if damian jones and juan toscano anderson get cut by the utah jazz and the Kings sign both of those guys are we suddenly like suddenly you've got these two guys that like there's a buyout market that's going to be really really strong Mm -hmm. the kings might have traded a second round pick for juan toscano anderson okay they kept that pick because utah cuts him you know depending on who these teams cut in the next couple of weeks there could be guys that show up that the Kings pick up that, you know, Oh, Nerlens Noel comes in or whoever ends up getting cut from these teams that could make a difference. There'll be those little, those little needle nudgers as you were kind of calling them that you, then you didn't give up a second round pick for them. And then you're just in the right spot and, and you, you got to pick up a, a talented person without giving anything up rather than giving up a second round pick to a team. And it might not be Mo Bamba, but it might be somebody who would still come in and provide just enough to to win one or two of those games. I think there's a little bit of impatience. I think it's been 16 years. So fans are allowed to be impatient. Like, I, I mean, sure. I got so, I got so impatient that I, I gave up like, like, I'm like, all right, blow the whole thing up. Let's take 20 years to do it then. And so I can understand people being impatient about it, but also like, I don't think this deadline was the make or break deadline. And I think that the, the Kings are, are still able to find those guys without if if you know if we traded a second round pick for Boban okay Kings fans would be happy oh we got a big backup center who can play 15 minutes but if the Houston Rockets cut Boban and we pick him up for nothing are they not going to be happy is is that not going to be satisfying I just think that give it a week or so and see what the Kings do afterward before you start calling for Monty McNair's head and and there will be guys out there you 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 know as you point out I mean there always are now whether it be exactly what you need or something that can help you, but there's going to be some, some, some good NBA caliber roster guys out there. Uh, no stars, of course, but uh, no. so, so, but like say with the Kings, there's there's a couple of, you know, a backup center, wing defender, a couple of. So I mean, you might not solve both of them. You probably can solve one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great point, Will, and it's. If you if you really break down the math, on one hand, am I upset? And I use that word lightly. I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah, that yeah. mad. Oh, yeah. But if I'm upset that Monty McNair didn't trade two second round picks for Thomas Bryant, 
But then he goes out and signs, let's just throw out Serge Ibaka out there, and Ibaka comes here and he's pretty good for 10 minutes a night. Well, then I can understand Monty McNair's math there well, where, uh, yeah, he could have given up two second rounders for Thomas Bryant, but now he gets to keep two second rounders and he gets Serge Ibaka, who's effective for 10 minutes a night. So that math that math can add up. We'll have to wait for the results. And that kind of leads into the next question from um, Eric Sperlaza. And Eric asks, who would you guys be targeting in the buyout market if you were Monty Perfect. and Wes? Mm. I, I, that's really a hard one because it, it's just so hard to tell uh, until teams kind of get going again, I think. Uh, you know, I mean, it's once you've added all the guys to your roster. and uh, So I wouldn't have a good clue there, really, uh, of who's going to be available that I'd want right now. I um I went through this just if it would kind of inspire some discussion here. Just looking at I think Hoopsite put together a list of players that they were speculating would be buyout guys um, because they're on teams that aren't competing and they're on the last year of their contract. So why not cut them and give them a chance to to make an impact somewhere else? Uh, that list of most interesting names to me included Terrence Ross, Danny Green, Nerlens Noel, Will Barton, Serge Ibaka, Damian Jones. Juan Toscano Anderson, Boban, Svi, Dwayne Dedman, Terry Taylor's on that, Leandro Balmero's on that. So there's some decent players there. I don't know, Jerry, if any if any of those guys um are particularly interesting to you over others, but well, I like Will Barton a little bit. Uh, you know, I mean he's been a little disappointment since he left Denver, but uh, you know, he's got size, could play some three and and can score in the way they're playing. You know, with the style of play of this team, I would think he could help. But uh, you know, you know, of just the guys you mentioned there. I mean, it, it's you know, it's not exactly a bell ringer. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> I don't sure don't want to see Dwayne Dedman back here. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, who I don't want. <laughs> Will, is anyone on this this buyout market, whether that's someone I mentioned or someone else you had in mind that you think is a valuable bench ad. Yeah, I think uh, somebody like a Danny Green could be okay. Like, I feel like Danny Green could, I mean, maybe it's Justin Holiday 2.0, but like, I feel like he could do all right. Um, I think Kevin Love might end up getting cut and he that would be an interesting fit. Yeah. I mean, I, you could play Trey Lyles at center and Kevin Love at backup power forward and just start raining threes and have another good passer in that system. Just somebody that could come off the bench and he, he wouldn't be necessarily Sabonis, but like, he can still rebound a little bit. He can certainly can still pass. I think Kevin Love would be somebody that I'd be looking at. Um, I don't. I don't know in terms of of other wings out there. Terrence Ross is okay. I, I, like Jerry said, Will Barton would be somebody that I'd be interested in. But I, I think there's guys. Even if it's just like, oh, we missed Damian Jones. Let's bring Damian Jones back. Okay. Well, we all talked all year about how annoyed we were that the Lakers went and got Damian Jones, and how we would have really liked to seen him as the backup three or the backup. The, the the third center, well, guess what? Like, go get him then because the go Lakers didn't use him all center like all all year. So go get him, and then th- now we're happy again. We've we've righted a wrong, and and we can all we can all see that we've rectified the mistake of letting Damian Jones go to the Lakers last year. Yeah, Damian yeah, Jones. They, is... yeah. Oh, go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I, I'm kind of like on board like you guys. I I thought they'd keep him. And uh, would and when the Lakers got him, I thought, boy, he'll help them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and clearly they didn't think so. Sure. So you know, but uh, 
everybody sees it differently, I guess. Yeah, among the bio guys, I'm looking at who can play backup center and who can maybe secure that backup three spot from Terrence Davis and Casey Okpala and whoever else Mike Brown plays there. And I think Damian Jones is a great option. There, there were times where Damian Jones was better than some of the centers that were kind of upset that Monty McNair didn't trade for. So obviously he wasn't good with the Lakers, but he was very good with the Kings last year in a reserve role. And I, I think Terrence Ross is just better than than uh, Terrence Davis and Casey Okpala. So I'd be a, I'd be in favor of that move too. But McNair has some options here. They're not going to, again, they're not going to move the needle. But if they help the Kings win one game, that's that might be enough with how, with how tight the race is. Well, you know, uh, uh, Will mentioned Kevin Love, and 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 I think he could really help, even though they're ready to buy him out, I think, because he's played pretty well this year when I've seen him. But my big question would be, do you know, for a guy like Kevin Love, do you want to come and play here for 25 games? Yeah. You know, I mean, he's he's kind of been there, done that the whole bit. And, and the fact he's going to be bought out, I'd, I'd have to, I'd be surprised if he wanted to finish, finish it up that way for, you know, veteran minimum kind of thing for the rest of the year. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, but on a short term, a veteran that's been a valuable player and a many time all-star and can shoot pass rebound there, there's, you know, there's, there's positives there, but, but, you know, my if guess can, is, yeah, we can convince Vince Carter, Jerry. We can convince Kevin Love. That's all I know. Yeah, well, that's a well. Vince played for every team, though. There's yeah. a difference. Yeah, you know, I think, yeah, he had a yeah Vince. Uh, yeah. And what a good day! Hey, and what a good guy Vince Carter was. You know, what a good guy. I always say that. Yeah, I think that was the year. Uh, you know, I think was it Dave Yeager's last year or whatever. But uh, yeah, Vince Carter and Garrett Temple. Probably you just had an all-time good guy list. They'd be right up, up yeah. there, you know. And then of course Carter for being a you know major star, you know, just a ta- absolute major star. Humble, nice, almost depressing. He was so nice and considerate. <laughs> yes, Vince Carter is like the one time the Kings have signed one of these like higher profile veterans at the end of their career where it actually kind of worked out. Like he gave them exactly what they were expecting and needed, if not more. Uh, next question comes from Ryan Ritter and Ryan asks, realistically, what do you think the chances are of the Mavs sons and Lakers all being able to integrate their new pieces and hit the rest of this season running? Well, that's a great question. I mean, that's what they all hope for, obviously. Uh, I think history proves that that's not going to happen, that there'll be, you know, one of those teams may end up being even better than expected. One will be about what they're, what's likely, and one will be a disappointment. Uh, I, I think that, you know, Dallas has the biggest chance maybe of being a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think just because you've, you've got another really highly gifted player you know, who needs the ball a good bit too. Uh, and, and Luca, I think Luca's going to have to probably make some adjustments and he should, I, I mean, I, I think he should, but he'll have to make some. So for him and Ky- he and Kyrie to, to work now, I, I like I say, I have no doubt that, or I have very little doubt that Kyrie Irving for the last 27, eight games, whatever they play, is going to be really good. You know, now, that there'll be an end game here, but for this year, Dallas is going to get the best of that. And, uh, and, and he knows how to be a second fiddle. 
you know, he played with LeBron. He's played with Durant. I mean, really, he knows how to, he'll know how to do that. So it could work. I, I don't, my, my big problem there is that I think the rest of the team isn't very good. <laughs> and so, you know, even if it works with those two guys, uh, you know, their depth and, and overall team's not good. You know, certainly with, I, I don't think it can miss the Suns can't miss unless there are injuries. Yeah. I just don't, they, they've got, they've got the right pieces there. They just do. And uh, big time, two big time shooters, you know, Chris Paul, not what he used to be, but he can get the ball to the players who are still who they are. Yeah. And uh, eight and is getting better. Uh, so yeah, Lakers, they're going to get better. I, I just God, I hope it ain't too much better. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully they have a long way to go, but still that's, they are better. Um, Will Mavs, Suns and Lakers. If you were a betting man, like which one of these teams disappoints who, who overachieves, where do you see this shaking out? I, I think the, Ooh, that's a tough one. Cause they all have like really nice Achilles heels that you could just hit with the perfect arrow and be done with. Like, I think like like Kyrie Irving and Jason Kidd will be for me like that'll blow it up. Like I don't I don't like Jason Kidd as a coach very much. I feel like Jason Kidd as a a point guard that was similarly similarly talented to Kyrie Irving. I feel like they could really butt heads and if Jason Kidd gets an ego, which he has and Kyrie Irving gets his ego started, which he has, I think that could that could really turn into like a cartoon fist fight with a smoke cloud and a bunch of legs popping out and and so, which I I welcome. I, I I hope that happens because that gives the Kings a little bit better chance. I think Phoenix again. It's it's injuries. Chris Paul's hamstring just decides to snap one more time, and all of a sudden they have a they have you have that that little fault in the phalanx that you can get through. Like it's going to be incredibly hard for a, if there was a King Sun series. De'Aaron Fox trying to get to the rim is going to be impossible. Like with eight in there and Kevin Durant helping off and and Chris Paul being who he is. Like that's that's an incredibly tough to get. A tough way to get to the bucket like that's gonna be a really tough team but they're old and kevin durant you kick him hard enough and he's gonna be out a few games chris paul you you trip him he he might be out a few games and then it's the it's devin booker and and a pouting pouting Aiton. and then the lakers the lakers this year especially i think they're just too far back i think they might be able to get into the play-in but like they're mm-hmm. i mean they're the third worst team in the west right now and they they have some so they have some ground to make up. They got two games to make it just to get to the tenth, and the Kings are another five or six games up above that. So uh, years to come, I, I I think it'll probably be the Mavericks that, that that blow up. But this year, it's probably still the Lakers. I think the Lakers need another year to gel a little bit. But I think they'll be the Lakers will be the best or the second best team out of that next year if the Suns stay healthy. So I, I hate it. I don't like this. This is a bad question. It's a great question because it makes me, <laughs> it makes, it makes me the more I talk about it, the more I have this existential yeah. dread come creeping in about the Kings. So, so yeah, there's my three. There you go. Uh, all right. Last question for the podcast today that I got here is from Tom L and Tom asks, who is the next big star to be traded and should the Kings try and trade for them if they become available? Uh, so, Jerry, I guess looking at the league, who's the, who's the next star? Who's the next star that's going to want out? I think uh, – I definitely think Zach Levine mm. might be on that list. I think Trey Young 
could be on that list. Uh, let's see who else. I wouldn't be surprised if LaMelo Ball doesn't try to get unhappy, you know, knowing his dad and everything. So, yeah, I think there's always in, in today's game is probably more prevalent than ever used to be because guys don't feel as obligated to, I know it's a strange concept. They don't feel obligated to the contract they signed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that kind of used to be the case. So uh, those come up and then, you know, just the guys that seem to always just don't seem to last long one place like a Jimmy Butler, mm -hmm. uh, terrific player can make a team better, but seems to always want to be somewhere else within a couple of years, you know, one way or another. So, so those are some thoughts and, and depending on how the Kyrie Irving thing goes, yeah, who knows? It could be, <laughs> it could be Luka Dodges. So, so anyway, but there'll be some out there. You're right. And there'll be top guys. And who should the Kings go after of, of who I mentioned? Probably all of them. Uh, you know, they're, 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 cause all, if any of those kind of guys, uh, you, you, to me, you look at it, I always said there's when you really get down to it, there's about 15 difference makers in the league. And, and we always talked, we talked earlier about, you got to have two of the top 15, all that. And that's true. But what you probably need more than that is that one of those difference makers when, you know, and, you know, Durant is one of those difference makers, for instance, uh, as, as much as I think Booker's terrific, I don't believe that he is. I think he he's probably exactly now where he can be a number two guy, you know, kind of like no disrespect to Clay, but I always thought as great as he was when he was totally healthy, he was still number two. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Will uh, next star to ask out or be traded? Who is it? I got three that Jerry didn't name. Um, the first one, uh, it was James Harden. Only because I know there's been some weird whispers about James Harden one James Harden wanting to go back to Houston. Like I know there was that weird. I don't know if you guys read any of that, but like there's yeah, like yeah. whispers about James Harden wanting to go back to Houston of all places. Uh, and I would not, I would not try to go get James Harden. I I apologize to James Harden if, but uh, but no, thank you. Um, and then the other two are are ones that I just kind of have like like weird spooky feelings about, and one of those is Anthony Davis. I kind of feel like if LeBron gets injured or if things don't go particularly right, you know, if our worst case scenario for the Lakers come true, Anthony Davis could be one of those guys that just goes, I'm done. Like send me somewhere else. Uh, he, I don't know if you guys saw his, like during LeBron's uh, uh, record setting night, LeBron scores those points. Anthony Davis is standing there on the bench. There's no reaction from him. He sits down, everybody's cheering. Everybody goes nuts. And Anthony Davis just sitting there with his arms crossed. He doesn't. He couldn't. He couldn't care less about that. So that was one of those things. I kind of went, all right. Like okay. Like this could. This could. This could benefit Sacramento someday. Um, oh, he played. That, he, oh yeah. Well, oh, he did. You know, he he played with no emotion that game. Nothing. The whole game. And uh, yes. I'd I'd heard rumors that he. You know, this here again. Uh, yeah. Take it for what it's worth. That that he would like to go back to Chicago. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That would not surprise me at all. No, I really wouldn't me either. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, now, especially if, if they don't, you know, really do well or something changes. Sure. But but I I can see it. I mean, that LeBron's thing would just wear you out after a while. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a sideshow. It's a whole and, other thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, it, it doesn't take away from his greatness, but I, I get it, you know. <laughs> so, so Anthony Davis, uh, now if Anthony Davis wants to go back to Chicago, uh, maybe not piss him off by putting in a, a bid, but like if Anthony Davis was available and the Lakers are talking to anybody they want to, sure, I, I think Anthony Davis is a talented enough guy that you, you should at least kick the tires on him. And then the last one is Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I think with uh, with mm-hmm. uh, the way that team's playing, they've got Mike Conley now, who who has Rudy Gobert's respect. The D'Angelo Russell Rudy Gobert stuff is done with because there was some drama there between them. Anthony da- uh, or Anthony Edwards is going to be an absolute star there. It might be one of those mm-hmm. things that Carl Anthony Towns finds himself on kind of the outside looking in, and he's also a guy mm-hmm. that I would I would absolutely look to trade for. You know, he's a Kentucky guy, kind of like Fox is, like like Malik Monk. Uh, I don't know what you'd have to give up to get him, but I, I think he's one of those guys that under the right circumstances as a number two or as a number three guy, I think I think then that he, he might not be a, a needle mover in, in Jerry's top 15, but he might be one of those guys that moves the needle for the Kings enough to make him championship contenders rather than just hoping for a six seed. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So those, those are my three. Those are all good names. The only one I'll add, I guess, is – Damian Lillard. I know he's been in Portland for a long time <laughs> and he keeps saying he wants to stay there, but I don't know. I, I don't think Portland's good enough and and maybe he does want a legitimate run at some point. Um, I also, also, I lied. I have one more question. Go ahead. Uh, this question comes from Pocket Janitor. This is for Jerry. When Jerry was bringing home Sacramento's only championship and wanted to do trades, did other teams just overprice everything as to not try and help them? Well, I, I mean, I think if you're really at the top of the charts, you know, whether you're Boston or or dinner, you know, whoever's at the top, uh, certainly teams in your conference uh, basically always feels a little uh, a little different about trying to do something that might help you. I'll say that. I, I don't think it applies if they're in the other conference per se. So, you know, if you're in the West and you're doing the deal with, you know, with Boston, uh, that might might help them. I don't think you're nearly as concerned about that. That's not your problem. Mm-hmm. That's the Sixers' problem, and and so, so so it kind of limits that as opposed to, you know, if you're really bad, everybody's willing to, to do business with you. Uh, if you're really good, you know, it probably limits you a little bit. But then, quite honestly, if you're really good, you're not really dealing with everybody anyway. Because you you have most of what you need. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Will, that's all I got. Okay. So, Will, before we officially wrap this up, Jerry, there's some pressing news or a pressing question for you guys. Um, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I would be it, journalistic integrity would go out the window if I didn't <laughs> ask you guys what you uh, uh what you guys have on the line. Who you guys picking uh, for uh, Eagles versus Chiefs? Well, for me, it's the Chiefs. 27, 21. Uh, I, I, I will not be allowed to watch the game with my son, Jay, who, <laughs> who like I say, has repeated very clearly that uh, since we watched the last Super Bowl and the Chiefs lost, that I am not welcome to watch it with him. <laughs> so, but I'll still be pulling for him. So that's, that's it. Um, I have a dynasty to protect. So I cannot choose the Chiefs here, just in case. Just in case Mahomes rattles off like eight more championships, that'll put me in a tough spot. So I'll go twenty uh, Eagles twenty eight, Chiefs twenty four. Okay. Well, I and I I don't really care either way. I, I don't watch much football anymore, anyways. But my my grandparents are both Eagles fans, and so I will 
I'll push for, I don't know, we'll, we'll go 48-41 Eagles in Ooh. overtime. Just, just so that way Ooh. we have an exciting game. I want something really insane to happen. The more chaos, the better. So we'll we'll go Eagles, but I'm not being very serious about it. So, Jerry, all right, we're going to give it to you. We're going to wrap this up, up, wrap up our special episode. We're going to let you uh, say whatever the hell you want to to finish this out. Well, the only thing I've got to say is that I am just amazed at the amount of activity at trade deadline. I wasn't expecting this, and certainly – the level of a Durant availability did surprise me. Irving did, but, uh, you know, every trade deadline is different. Sometimes, uh, you know, uh, the Sabres are rattling, not much happens. And certainly we had reason with the Kings to think maybe something would, uh, it didn't, but, uh, Hey, your Kings are in third place and, uh, just stay there. That'd be okay. Take it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. All righty. Well, on behalf of uh, Tony and Jerry, I want to thank you guys for listening to uh, to our fun little bonus episode here, wrapping up the trade deadline. Um, we will uh, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks, and thank you so much.